Hello to all of you unconventional conventionists out there. Welcome to Rocky Talkie. It's the podcast about anything and everything Rocky Horror. I'm Aaron. I'm Jacob. And I'm Meg. All right, guys, it's been a little bit since we've had a proper recording. Before we get started with the show, let's do the thing. Let's take a moment. Let's ask each other how you been. What have you been up to? Jacob, let's recap the last couple of weeks. What have you been doing? Oh, boy. Um, so a lot of what I've been doing has been work and working with computers. I just learned this thing called Rails, which is a like a web app development framework, and I'm learning javascript right now and that is wildly fun aaron the amount of hours i would like to spend picking your brain about computer questions and zeros and ones i have are limitless but you guys don't want to hear about that it's stupid bullshit in the rocky verse what i've been doing a few weeks back maybe even last weekend it's time is just falling apart for me it's hard to remember uh i got to perform with the lovely gretchen from fbe that was really cool I got to see Rob and Josh, who are old friends of mine from FNS, which is a New Jersey cast. That was really cool, too. So, uh, Aaron, Meg, what have you guys been up to? Oh, boy, a billion things. Meg, you want to start this story and I'll finish it up? Oh, shoot. Okay. So, last time we were on air all together uh, was right before Providence Pride in the middle of June. So, me and Aaron, as well as some other people from our cast, uh, we had Michelle and Marty come with us up to Providence, and we did their pride show together, and we did the parade, and it was a lot of fun. We were there for the whole weekend. We had a blast, and also we got coronavirus in the great uh, RKO <laughs> coronavirus pride pandemic uh, where everybody got it, and it was great because we all just got sick and disgusting together and it was a shared experience and really I feel like it made us all bond and be a little closer together we were fine it sucked um it meant that we missed our own pride show but hey we got to celebrate in another state so that was a good time um so we were off air for a few weeks because uh we were sick but we bounced back and we got to interview Sal. We got to chat with Sal Piero. We went over to his apartment with John, and that was fucking amazing. I feel like I can die now. It was just such a wonderful, wonderful experience. We really hope you guys liked the interview that we put out. Getting to meet him was really incredible. He's such a sweet guy. Yeah, it was so fucking cool to uh, get to hang out and chat with Sal. Uh, RKO was fucking awesome. I loved barely being able to stand on the back of that trailer, jumping all over the place, <laughs> trying to trying to keep my footing during the Pride Parade while just hundreds, thousands of people were screaming at us. And like, it was so much fucking fun. I even I even sewed some LED lights into my Brad robe for that special. It was super cool. I loved it. They immediately broke about two blocks into the parade. So that was uh, very satisfying. Uh, got some super sweet photos with it, though. And uh, like, I, I thank you to everybody up at RKO for just showing us such a great fucking weekend. Harley, 13, Zephyr, just everybody that, uh, and Roy, of course, that just fucking brought it out and brought the community together. That was so much fun. Fuck COVID. But yeah, so uh, yeah. That, that, was, that, was, that was a great weekend. Um, right after we bounced back from COVID, it was absolutely crazy. We, we 
had to rush to do our Sal interview. And then we had a, a huge uh, live show just last week over at uh, Caveat here in New York. And uh, there was a little bit of scrambling around that one to fill in some holes. Uh, you actually finally got to perform in one of our live shows. That was super cool. Oh, yeah, that was um, that was a time. Oh, wow, <laughs> Meg, you actually had to had to do it. Surprise. Got to. Got to not, not have yes, to. Yes, That's how we're framing that. Um, no, it was fun. Um, a couple of our performers, again, got COVID. But uh, it was okay. We we filled it. Everybody sort of picked up the slack. Uh, I covered Riff Raff, so that was great. I like to think I was very creepy. I think I, I did the creepy thing pretty well. It was fun. It was fun to be on stage for one of those. Absolutely. So, yeah, we had a great time. Uh, it's just been so busy with so much Rocky stuff and boy, is there a lot of Rocky stuff left to come throughout the rest of the month and into August. So, oh boy. Um, I've, I've got one more thing I forgot to mention. So absolutely. You guys, you guys mentioned going to pride up in Buffalo and, oh my God, I got to do pride here, which first of all, um, our lovely theater, the village East, um, we got to use a absolutely gorgeous theater um made me think of phantom of the opera it was just so large and beautiful which was great but the real fun is at our pride parade we have a cast member he has a gap in his knowledge where certain facts about certain communities might be (laughs) specifically he doesn't know what poppers are because there was a man who had a sign that said free poppers at New York City Pride, which, first of all, thank you, New York City, that there is just a dude giving out free fucking poppers. That's pretty cool in and of itself. But the real gag is Evan saw this, and he was like, oh, free poppers, that that sounds fun. And he approached this man behind a steel barricade on the sidewalk and grabbed the tiny bottle of poppers from him and immediately went to take a giant swig of the entire bottle of poppers. The whole thing. Oh, drank it right into his ah, mouth. Oh. That's, wow, that's awful. Oh, holy Jesus. Yeah, it was, um, it was pretty awful. Evan uh, spent the rest of the parade complaining of his mouth tasting <laughs> and feeling like oil, um, as well as spitting up onto the, uh, the sidewalk. Not vomiting. He wasn't in too bad disrepair, but there was a lot of spit thankfully he is fine as far as i know he went on to enjoy his nanny's daughter's wedding a person whom he is very close to off in some mystical foreign country so he had a good time despite the poppers intoxication oh my okay so for any of you out there don't do drugs unless you know what they are don't yes what did he think it was just a shot he thought it was a shot, um, which I don't know how, because they are poppers and they come in like a special glass container. It wasn't as though the man handed him a tiny little shot glass in the street. He handed him like a medicated looking bottle. I, I guess um, they kind of look like like one hour energy shots, right? They're about that same size and shape. Or five hour energy is a monster. Know. I don't do I don't know what's in those. I don't do them. Um, <laughs> it's B12. Uh, <laughs> Well, all right. I'm more of a B-52s kind of person, but like, okay, that one. Hey, get a lot of this guy over here listening to music. Oh, good guys. All right, guys. Now that that's out of the way, let's dive on into our first segment. Global news. 
First up in global news, we here at Rocky Talkie would like to congratulate Mr. Richard O'Brien for being the 2022 recipient of Hamilton, New Zealand's Kirikiriroa Medal. The Kirikiriroa Medal is an award given out by the city of Hamilton to honor significant achievement of individuals who have been very successful in their chosen field and who have made an outstanding contribution to the city as a whole. The city awarded this year's medal to Richard on July 7th in the most fitting place imaginable, below a statue of himself, dressed as Riff Raff, of course. Mayor Paula Southgate stated that Hamilton is proud to honor a truly unique and creative person who created a worldwide phenomenon. She said, quote, there is very few Hamiltonians who have claimed that. She went on to tell Richard that he is a creative icon, champion of the arts and theater, a staunch ally for the creative sector, and a relentless advocate for the city, enabling any one of its inhabitants to be creative and enjoy creativity. The entire city of Hamilton then kneeled down in a single file line and proceeded to each suck Richard's dick, one right after the other. The process, start to finish, took roughly three days. And in my opinion, was not enough. They did not <laughs> do that? Yes, they did. I have video. What you are you talking do about? not? Yes, I do. If anyone would like video, you just have to send me a few dollars over Cash App. It's in my Facebook. And I promise, in the replies, you will see it's right there. The whole thing, 100%. Jacob advocating wire fraud. No, it's not fraud. You just, just send me the money and I will send you the products. No, no fraud involved. Aaron, you're crazy. That's so funny. I say the same thing to men on Instagram when they slide into my DMs. We should, we should get together and, and do a joint thing. I think we could really rake it in, Meg. Oh my god, I think we could. They did not suck his dick. Okay, they did not suck his dick. If you want to call Riff Raff's penis a schlong or god stick or whatever, Aaron, that's up to you. But you, we all know what we're saying, okay? I mean, oh. I mean, <laughs> not actually, but they gave him an award about how great and big dicky he is underneath a statue of himself. Like, they might as well have done my thing. Richard spoke to the press after the ceremony, letting them know that his younger self would have been terribly happy with the honor. What does that even mean? Is his current self not terribly happy with the honor? He also stated that receiving the medal was, quote, a generous gift that is as welcome as a loving kiss. Richard? What the fuck, man? Did your publicist phone it in today? As welcome as a loving kiss right on my penis. Hey. Hey. Previous winners of the Kirikiriroa medal <laughs> include a guy named Dr. John Gallagher, who is a social philanthropist, a.k.a. a rich guy with a lot of walking around money and a whole bunch of people who have done stuff with nature. John and Bunny Mortimer, who planted a bunch of trees, Beverly and Bruce Clarkson, who are conservationists, and Dr. Peter Sergal, who made a park out of a landfill or, you know, something. We're not here to talk about nature. This is Rocky Har. I mean, yeah, Richard's clearly the most interesting of the past winners and the only winner to date whose contribution to the town has bequeathed the world with more people running around in their underwear. We here would like to extend a warm lover's kiss to Richard as a form of congratulations. See how great that feels, Richard? The medal couldn't have gone to a better or weirder guy. And we are also very grateful for the contributions that you've made to Hamilton. I mean as well as the rest of the world. Congratulations, Richard. 
Next up in global news, we feel that it is monumentally important to recognize a recent TikTok craze that hits a little close to home for our community. What? We are indeed talking about the gentle minions trend, started by an 18-year-old Sydney resident, Bill Hurst. This trend involves young people getting dressed up in their finest formal attire, think prom wear, and attending screenings of Minions, Rise of Gru, where they sit with their friends and scream silly shit at the screen while the movie plays. Ah, that sounds adorably familiar. Why? Why? Susan Sarandon <laughs> was in a DC movie. There's, I mean, there's, there's several stage shows in, in, in the U.S. that are going on right now. Like, I, I, I just have to scroll. Cheech and Chong up in smoke. Lou Adler did an interview about that. Captain Invincible just released on Blu-ray. Minions Rise of Gru could literally be the next Rocky Horror. It's happening. We're watching in action. Yeah. Steve Carell is going to be our Frankenfurter. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, so, Bill Hurst really does not have the same ring as Sal Pirro, but okay. Bill Hurst recently did an interview with the NBC News about starting this trend by dressing up with his 15 closest bros and going to a premiere screening of the movie. God, this sounds dreadful. He stated that they were, quote, just having fun, reliving their childhood nostalgia of seeing Minions movies and had just attended their senior prom and had all their formal wear out and about already. Oh, fucking children. <laughs> he said it just kind of happened. He said that it was all meant in good fun. And he said that seeing the movie brought back nice memories of watching Despicable Me with his family as a kid. When the fuck did Despicable Me come out? Hold on. Despicable me. It's 2010. Two thousand and ten. This is Shit. It's twelve years ago, homie. But he's he's entitled to his childhood being twelve years ago. I think I think oh, that checks out. Fucking hell. He was six. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. There have been a lot of fucking Despicable Me movies. Shit. Yeah. All right. The OG TikTok has since amassed nearly 37 million views. Universal Pictures has taken notice and on July 1st tweeted out, quote, to everyone showing up to Minions in Suits, we see you and we love you. However, not everyone seems on board with this trend. Theaters have been getting a non-zero number of complaints from moviegoers who are going to watch a traditional, boring movie with no audience participation whatsoever especially parents who bring their kids in the hopes of some quiet time, I would imagine. Theaters have been posting very, very funny and confusing, if you don't know what's going on, signage, explicitly denying entrance to the movie to people dressed in formal attire. Some have even gone so far as to turn away young people wearing collared polo shirts and jeans, much to the chagrin of their baffled parents. First... They came for the young hooligans in suits seeing movies at the theater. And I said nothing, for they were not coming for me. But then, and you, you get the point. It eventually, you know, eventually, we're not going to be able to get naked in corsets on stage, guys. And it, this is the first sign. Right? That is yeah. pretty fucking extra. It doesn't sound like these kids are doing anything all that bad. They're just being dumb in a kid's movie. Well, and like, that's the point of a kid's movie. Or any movie, for that matter, if you try hard enough. Yeah. 
I think the takeaway here is that Karen's gonna Karen, but the studios are on board and like the idea of AP. Woo! Yeah. All right. Not to be the Karen in the room, but I'm all for this. If you're not ruining a perfectly good theater going experience for somebody else who just decided to buy matinee tickets for their nine year old to see fucking minions like cool, have a party, dress up, pick the fucking late show. Right. I mean, at least don't go there. You know what? Whatever. It's fine. I'm pretty sure it's not that the studios are like really on board with audience participation. I'm pretty sure that they like the idea of free fucking marketing. Right. This is way more eyes on their movie than they would ever get without TikTok. Fuck. We've just spent the last five minutes talking about this and we are probably the furthest away from the Minions target demographic that you could possibly get. So what I'm hearing is instead of sending these kids to like uh, the children's matinee at one o'clock in the afternoon, we should set up like designated showings for them to attend in their formal wear. That's not at all what I'm saying. Why? Maybe some enterprising Rocky cast, I don't know, could like partner with Minions Rise of Gru and set yeah, up. Yeah, like, I like the sound of that. Fuck. Right? That would be like a thing. Fuck. What if that was a thing? We could make sounds that a like, thing. Sounds like guerrilla theater to me. Just, you know, figure out a time and a place and congregate your masses here and, and yell and yell at that screen and get yeah. up on the stage and act like Steve Carell. I don't know. It sounds very familiar. Aaron, I think right? you'd be in support of this. Right? It doesn't just have to be Rocky for AP. Like, we, any movie could be an AP movie. Yeah. How, how do you do AP to a movie you haven't seen? However you want. Um, I feel like every single movie I personally watch, I sit there and talk all the way through and make fun of it. <laughs> I could do that in public, too, and I do. All right. I suppose. Well... If you're interested in checking out the adorable memes that have spawned from Gentle Minions Rise of Gru, uh, check out the hashtag Gentle Minions and feast your eyes. It's a good time. A lot of these TikToks are really fucking funny. Do you guys know of any other movies that involve people from the general public dressing up to attend? Is Rocky it? No. I mean, right? Every time there's a new Star Trek movie, you see a bunch of guys in costume at the door, right? The new Matrix movie had a ton of Matrix fans. I remember even when I was in high school and the second Matrix movie came out, people dressed up for that. Uh, Lord of the Rings, right? You get tons of Lord of the Rings fans for every new one. Harry Potter fans, like any of the big fandoms. I mean, that's kind of been the big change, right? In the last, you know, 25 years or so is that it's cool or at least not too nerdy to dress up and go to the theater anymore like i think it's kind of like ingrained into the fandom it's okay to be obsessed with movies now or at least all these franchises like superhero movies right pick a marvel or a dc movie you're gonna see somebody in line in costume on opening weekend when i was looking at this as i was writing the script i found one that i absolutely didn't expect because like obviously you know like lord of the rings and harry potter and all this but uh the Big Lebowski. Apparently, there are Big Lebowski screenings really? throughout the country. Oh, where yeah. People dress up as the dude in a bathrobe and bring like bowling balls and shit, which is hilarious because, like, imagine bringing a bowling ball, but then also we bring our fucking suitcases. I did not think the Big Lebowski was like a cult hit like that. Oh, yeah. Big Bo- I mean, it's on, um, there's that uh, documentary series, Time Warp, uh, something or another. I'll, we'll throw it in the show notes. It, it came out, I don't know, maybe a year or so ago. 
Big Lebowski is one of the big cult classics that's featured on there. I mean, it's why it, it got a sequel. There was even Big Lebowski conventions. There's so, a Big Lebowski sequel? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got to watch that shit. Damn. I haven't seen it yet either. So wow. what if we got high together and watched it? No, <laughs> that sounds like that? the proper Marty? way to watch it. My surprise with this is that anyone who likes the Big Lebowski enough to want to do this, like to dress up and go to a screening would have like the oomph to dress up for a screening. What are you talking about? It's a brown bathrobe and a rocks glass. Like, I mean, Big Lebowski fans already got a dirty bathrobe. Like, That's fair. Uh, I, I can totally imagine sitting at home and watch the Big Lebowski and think, oh, yeah, I want to I want to walk into a theater and, and, and have a white Russian and, and sit back and just think about, yeah, man, life. And but then you know doing that actually and getting the bathroom and walking to the theater and all the it's it's another thing to to do it. The ones you gotta look out for are the ones that like to dress up as Jesus. He's a pederass. Jesus. He's a pederass, Donnie. What is that from the Big Lebowski? I hope so. Otherwise, it's a really bad sentence. Oh. <laughs> I don't. I don't think they yeah. call him a pederast in the Big Lebowski. He, he absolutely calls him a pederass. Hold on. Petter, I do not want to Google that. Uh, there it is. <laughs> Big Lebowski, Petter. I'll Google it on your word. There it is. No, no, I got you. Here it is. Here it is. See? Petter ass. You got me. And with that, let's move on over to some community news. All right, guys. This week in community news, we want to talk about all things RKOCon. Yay! We've got a ton of convention announcements they have dropped over the past week or two, and seeing it as we're less than a month out from con, we think it might be helpful for everyone to do a quick little recap about all the info. First up, we've got all kinds of casting announcements. We all waited, our breath was baited, we got our emails, we sent in our confirmations, and finally... Castless went up on social media, and we were all able to get the hype. I think official cast lists are up for just about everything now. Is that right? Yep. We've got Repo, Reefer Madness, Dr. Horrible, Hedwig, Shocky, and Rocky. All of them have been confirmed, announced, and reposted nonstop on every single social media platform known to man. Ah, uh, shit. Who'd you guys get? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm doing uh, Jack for Reefer Madness. I'm doing almost everything in there except for uh, the tango and orgy because Aaron doesn't want to dance. And then Meg and I got Betty and Ralph for Rocky. So the two things I put in for, hell yeah. Uh, Meg also got Amber, right, for Repo. Hell yeah. And May for Reefer Madness. Right. I forgot. May, I get I get a slap you in the face. Hell yeah. And also on stage. <laughs> What about you, Jacob? Who'd you get? Um, a gentleman such as myself plays only one role at his first con. The role of the drunk asshole. We feel you. Yeah, no, yeah, we usually do that too. But mm -hmm. uh, something about getting out of lockdown. I mean, we, th we thought we might mix it up this year. Mix it up a little bit, you know? And uh, speaking of the pansexual Pennsylvania... After a whole bunch of deliberation, a final decision was made by the con committee about health and safety precautions within the con, something none of us have ever really had to pay much attention to at a convention before outside of, like, boring old STD prevention and shit like that. 
So this whole process has definitely been a bit of a learning curve for everyone. So yeah, just real quick, here's a brief rundown of all the Rona prevention that's going to be going on at the con. Uh, number one is get fucking vaccinated. They can't make you, uh, but like, do it. It'll keep you safe and it'll keep everyone around you safe. Number two on the list, uh, super don't fucking come if you've got the big C. Yeah. Cancer. Well, yeah. the other one. Yeah, we don't you want can... you if you got a fucking tumor, you dumb bitch. No. Chlamydia. You, you can... Uh... Corona. Super don't fucking come if you've got Corona. Like, make sure you test within 24 hours of leaving your house. And, you know, if you're testing, take pictures to show people at registration if they ask. They're going to try to have rapid tests on site, but it would just suck balls if you got all the way there and then had to turn around and go home. Plus, if you expose other people, you're going to ruin their weekend too. So just don't fucking come if you have Corona. Three, there are a whole bunch of events that will require testing prior to participation. If you want to be part of The Room, Hedwig, Repo, Dr. Horrible, Reefer, Shocky, Rocky, Drag Race, or the Rocky Fit Dance Club, you gotta take a test that same day. And just to clarify, participating in these things means basically anyone more involved than a regular audience member. If you're a performer, a tech, a makeup guy, someone bringing cocktails backstage, whatever. If you're around any of the performers in any capacity or you're a performer, you have to have proof of same-day testing. And number four, the big one is masking. This was the one where the committee went back and forth a little bit, but it was ultimately decided that masking is going to be required in three main areas. The hotel ballroom, the vendor area, and when traveling on buses provided by the con. You can obviously take it off when you're eating or drinking, but make sure you've got one in those places otherwise. And of course, don't be an asshole to people whose masking preferences aren't the same as yours. We've got people in our community who want to be extremely cautious and wear masks 100% of the time they're in public. And likewise, we've got people in the community who don't give a single fuck about wearing masks. The majority of us probably fall somewhere in the middle. But it is really important to keep in mind that one of the best parts about Khan is getting to meet Rocky people from all walks of life with different experiences to yours. Their choices, including whether they feel it necessary to wear a mask, are going to be largely based on those experiences and not based at all around a desire to upset you. So if you see someone wearing a mask everywhere all the time, leave them alone, let them live. If you see someone not wearing a mask in places where they aren't required to, leave them alone, let them live. If you happen to clock someone with obvious COVID symptoms, you might want to let someone from the con committee know politely and discreetly so that they can suss out the situation and make sure everyone's safe. But trust that their priority is our safety and they're going to handle it in whatever manner they deem appropriate. And remember, COVID isn't the only thing that makes you cough and sneeze. Travel in general can wreak havoc on people's sinuses. All that recycled air coming to a different climate with different moisture levels in the air, and different plants and shit. All that stuff can give you the sniffles. Hell, there are probably going to be people at the con with regular colds who are going to be sniffling away, but who just don't have the Rona. Just because someone coughs too many times doesn't mean they're going to be immediately escorted off the premises. So remember, guys, I think the big takeaway here, follow the rules and don't be an asshole to each other. That way, we're all going to get to party together as safely as we can. Hell yeah.
So we are beyond excited that all of this stuff has been finalized, and we cannot wait to see the rest of the announcements between now and August, which is only a couple weeks away. Holy shit, I gotta get costumes done. Oh my god, I know. I have so much fucking shopping to do. Also, can't wait to see the lineups for the talent show and the drag show. Those are my fucking favorites, and I'm so excited to see who's gonna be performing for those. Oh my god. Ah! I cannot... Wait! I have been thinking about this con since I didn't go to the one back in 2019, and my body has been itching for this for so long. I bought my tickets so long ago. I am so excited to be there and to meet people and to do drugs and to to sleep at (laughs) 6 in the morning and wake up at 4 in the afternoon. You're going to miss our con panel if you wake up at 4 in the afternoon. So I'm okay you. with that. It's a big party, Aaron. Come on. You're you want to rob a man of his partying, would you? You're on that con panel. You better wake up. Aaron, you can – I give you permission to weekend at Bernie's me if you have to, but my body will be a slave to the jams and the rhythms and the alcohol and the crack cocaine <laughs> and the mess and the weed of the night. <laughs> You know, honestly, I'm on board for this. I think it'll make for an even stronger call. <laughs> I think so, too. <laughs> well, I hate everything about that. And speaking of hating, guess what it's time for? Jerking it with Jenny No. What's your topic then, old man? I don't care what it is. We are not doing another fucking tits episode. Well, you're the first one in the episode to say tits, so I guess it really shows where your mind's at. Have you looked at the numbers, Aaron? That tits episode is doing the tits, if you pardon the pun. That's not a pun. Tits. Boys, calm down. Stop measuring your tools because we've got the biggest dick right here. This week, we've got a write-in from the ever-so-sexy and talented Brandon Satrina. Brandon, formerly of Colorado's elusive ingredient, Frank Jacket expert extraordinaire, and now who can be found in Vegas performing the occasional show with Frankie's favorite obsession, sent us this dick measuring contest. And our listeners out there know that I am always down for a $5 footlong. So Brandon writes, Knack Snack, Jacking It with Jacob, Bopping It with B-Paps, or Big Dick Story Time Disguised as a Question. Probably the latter. My question is, what is the world record for the largest showing of the Rocky Horror Picture Show? I was lucky enough to perform as Frank with Colorado's elusive ingredient on August 13th, 2013 at a sold-out Red Rocks Amphitheater show. The official count was 8,081 tickets. However, when I mention this to others in the community, I'm often told that someone else has the record. If this is not a record, it's at least one of the largest showings of all time. Red Rocks Amphitheater is such an amazing venue that in 1999, after Polestar Magazine awarded Red Rocks the annual honor of Best Small Outdoor Venue for the 11th time, the magazine changed the name of the award to the Red Rocks Award and removed Red Rocks from the running. That's a lot of R's in one go. (laughs) Brandon goes on to tell us more details about this amazing event, but before we get into that, I want to pause for a moment. 8,000 fucking people? That's absolutely nuts. Surely that's got to be the biggest Rocky show of all time, right? I've seen bigger. 
Yeah, it's not about the size. It's about what you do with your audience. At the size of the ship, motion of the ocean. Wrong. Have you ever seen a mosh pit with 10 people? It's sad. You just can't compete with a huge, throbbing, pressing, engorged swell of... What was I saying? Flaccid audiences. Right. Today is all about size. Let's go. I'll be your size queen. Phrasing. I said what I said. Whore. Phrasing. Damn right. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay, right off the bat, let's fact check here. Is this actually the biggest Rocky showing of all time? Um, Maybe. Uh, Possibly. Possibly? That's a weak answer. I demand precision. I mean, it's hard. Yeah, it is. Phrasing. (laughs) Um... (laughs) It's difficult to pin this stuff down, right? For the simple reason that most venues just don't really publish their numbers. Even for gigantic special events, unless a reporter interviewed someone from the venue, the cast may not even know how to find out how many people showed up, like, especially for these big shows. But I will say this, it is certainly one of the largest shows that I've ever heard of. So. How about some context? Let's run through some of the bigger shows that I'm aware of, and maybe we'll get a sense of scale here. Fortunately, last week we had the pleasure of interviewing Sal Piro. (laughs) And since Brandon had already sent us this question, we took a second to ask Sal what he recalled is the largest show ever. And here's what he had to say. Do you know what the largest ever showing of Rocky would Brandon, be? Because Brandon, Brandon about this, yeah. asked about this and wrote into us about it. I think I think it was the 15th anniversary. Really? Yeah, I think we had 15. Wait. No, that's that's L.A. Yeah, no, it was oh, L.A. It was on yeah. Fox at Studios. The, at, oh, at the Panthers. They rebuilt the Waverly for that. Oh, um, right, the one they did in the South. That stage. was at least five thousand. Okay. Well, I hate to disagree with Sal. No, I don't. I'm a rabble rouser. (laughs) And that sounds like an amazing experience. Thousands of fans all going nuts. I imagine it might be the largest, most engaged audience ever. But it ain't got nothing on Brandon's massive assemblage. Assemblage, eh? Phrasing. Listen, I'm busting out the thesaurus. For the word audience on this one, deal with it. So what's the biggest show we've ever done? Surely New York City has done a huge show before, right? Okay, I mean, if you want to go way back, like way, way back, I think RockyCon 1 is probably the closest to fitting this bill. Like, we don't have exact numbers for this one, but it was originally scheduled to be at the Palladium, which is a venue in New York that could hold 2,100 guests. It was moved to Club Heat at the last minute, and I unfortunately, I can't find capacity numbers for that venue. It's closed down since. But reports from the fanzines at the time say that the venue was very, very uncomfortably crowded. And then the Rocky Horror Halloween event was held at Roseland that same weekend, another venue in New York, and that place has room for over 3,000 guests. Contemporary reports also show that as being very, very well attended. So definitely some shows there that certainly had a couple thousand people coming to see them. 
But I mean, that's that's back in the seventies, right? Like, I know recently we've had some bigger shows. Meg, didn't didn't you do the show at Lincoln Center? Yeah, um, I want to say it was back in late summer, early fall of twenty fifteen. Our cast did a show at um, the Lincoln Center out of doors venue. Um, and I've done a little tiny bit of Googling, and I think that was around 3,500 people. It was an outdoor venue. It was cool because it was a silent performance. So everyone had the audio for the movie playing in headphones that were distributed by the venue. And there was a channel that allowed you to hear AP. So we had some performers backstage on a mic doing AP with like a, a God mic. So people would hear it in their ears as they watched the show. So it was silent if you took off your headset but you could turn the AP on and off. Um, so that was pretty fucking big, but not 8,000 big. That is like the the coolest thing I have possibly heard about all anything in the Rockyverse ever. A show where you have the ability to like tune in to the AP line for the show you're watching and or not. Jesus Christ, that, that's amazing. Yeah, it was fun. That's right. You can flip between Frankenfurter in one year and the smooth, smooth stylings of Eric Garment in the other. R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I said, there's no way that show even compares to the one at Red Rock. Are there any that might be a little closer to the mark? Sweetie, you've done the Berlin Amphitheater show. That one's pretty big, right? I mean, it's not that big, though. I think that the amphitheater in Berlin is like 1,000, 1,500 people. And I mean, they usually sell that out pretty packed, but... Uh, it's, it's a good show, right? I mean, they put up a giant blow-up screen at the bottom of it. And, like, you're just in this amphitheater in the park uh, in the middle of fucking Berlin. And it's absolutely crazy, but um, not quite on the scale that we're looking for here. I think we're only talking around 1,000 or 1,500 people. So, again, it doesn't even come close to the numbers that Brandon's talking about with Red Rock. From around the community, we've got a lot of similar stories. Brandon also asked this question to the Shadowcasters Facebook group, and some of the answers were similar to what we've got here. Dave McKenzie recalled that Seattle's Neptune Theater sold out their entire 1,000-plus person theater for a grand reopening event in 2011. Kaylin Dooley made mention of the rich weirdos out in Orlando, Florida, selling out a 900-plus capacity Plaza Live Theater on multiple occasions. And keeping with the Sunshine State, Brittany Slaughter talked about a 1,000-plus audience show held by the Interchangeable Parts down in Tampa, Florida. But if you want big shows, you've got to kick it West Coast style. A Riverside Live event in 2019 that featured casts from all over the Southern California Rocky Horror scene, including Sins of the Flesh, Midnight Insanity, Chaos, and TMCC, clocked in at over 1,500 audience members. Those are some absolutely packed shows. I know any of us out there in the community would be lucky to book something like that, but we can go bigger, right? How about a quick trip across the pond? On Thursday, November 13th, 2014, a massive 40th anniversary celebration was held at Royal Albert Hall in London. Pat Quinn hosted... And even original stage show and film producer Michael White was in attendance in the audience. The venue seats over 5,000, 
and was packed to the rafters. Well, we're getting a little closer. Back across the Atlantic, I asked community legend and former New York cast director Madman Mike if he had any shows that stuck out in his mind. He mentioned a 2005 performance that was a collaboration of New York and New Jersey casts at the Brookhaven Amphitheater out in Long Island. According to a Home of Happiness press release, this one clocked in at nearly 4,000 guests. Though an accurate headcount is difficult to determine, as apparently ticketing was done by the carload. Madman even shared some photos of the event, including one where, I shit you not, he climbed to the top of some scaffolding over 30 feet above the audience just for Riff Raff's entrance during There's a Light. Oh, man. I bet OSHA fucking loved that stunt. Right? That does sound like Madman, though. It sounds exactly like Madman. Another honorable mention has to go to the body cast who performed at Lawler Event Center in Reno, Nevada. Ticketing for this one is estimated to have been between six and 8,000 guests, but I haven't seen any concrete numbers floating around. Still a massively impressive feat. I've got one even more massive than that, phrasing. For the 30th anniversary, there was an event held at the Hollywood Bowl out in Hollywood, California on September 5th, 2005. There were over 8,000 fans in the audience, and the pre-show featured glam rock band Louis XIV, followed by the film Shadowcast by Midnight Insanity. And if that wasn't crazy enough, the mistress of ceremonies for the whole event was Jane Wielden of the Go-Go's. All right, now that's fucking crazy. I mean, the pictures from this event are absolutely insane. Just hordes and hordes of people. This must have been a sight to see. And I think that gets us the closest that we have to Brandon's write-in. Brandon, with an official ticket count of 8,081 for the Colorado's Elusive Ingredient Show at the Red Rock Amphitheater. So Brandon's write-in contained a first-hand account of this amazing event, and I thought everybody out there would love this, so we're going to go ahead and read it for you now. Colorado's Elusive Ingredient partnered with the Denver Film Society to put on this show for the grand finale of their 2013 Film on the Rock series. Leading up to the event, All of cast created audition videos for their desired roles in which cast later voted on. We made thousands of audience participation bags and printed hundreds of shirts. The day of the show was surreal. We arrived about eight hours before the show started to unload a truck bed of audience participation bags, set up props, rehearse, etc. It was fun to imagine all the famous people who have been in the dressing rooms we were setting up in. The audience started arriving hours before the show started. As the crowd grew, some cast members got nervous and even vomited. Aw. I stepped into the audience to say hi to some friends and got stuck with hundreds of people wanting to take photos. I also made the poor decision to hike up and down the stairs in my heels to sell audience participation bags. No! (laughs) Which, I mean, there's some big balls right there. Stepping into a sea of 8,000 faces, you might not come back. Brandon (laughs) goes on to say... The show itself was such a blast. The stage was so big we had to run from one end to another to get the timing right for blocking. Hearing over 8,000 people scream as I tossed off my Frank cape was a feeling like none other. Seeing thousands of glow sticks waved in the air and full toilet paper rolls getting tossed was 
awesome. It started raining hard during pool scene, which was at least the best time to embrace it. At the end of the evening, once again, many people came up wanting photos. We tried to recycle as many audience participation items as possible, but the rain and toilet paper made that miserable. Some items we didn't have to purchase again for years. With it being almost 10 years ago now, I do feel a little embarrassed about my costume and makeup versus how it is these days. Regardless, this was one of the most memorable nights of my life. Oof, now that is a big dick story. Can you imagine thousands of prop bags? Hundreds of t-shirts. We we struggled to to make like 50 prop bags for our pride show. Yeah, could not be me. Absolutely not. That's fucking insane. Well, congratulations, Brandon. You've got the biggest dick in the... Now, hold on, Meg. There's no way you're going to convince me there's a bigger show than this. Uh, well, it depends on what you consider a show. See, no. If you're going to caveat it, it doesn't count. Brandon, you officially have the biggest dick in the whole community, at least this week. Congrats, buddy. But, all right, don't blue ball me. What else we got? Okay, so on October 31st, 2010, at the annual West Hollywood Halloween Carnival in Hollywood, California, 8,239 people participated in setting a Guinness Book of World Records record for the most people doing the time warp. This was part of a huge 35th anniversary Rocky celebration where Tim Curry served as the honorary mayor of West Hollywood at the event. Local casts were featured in the parade, and an estimated 500,000 people came to the event to celebrate Halloween. A special stage was even set up where Tim Curry appeared alongside members of the Sins of the Flesh cast. But does that count? Did they do the whole movie? Well, not as part of the event, but they did have a screening of the movie afterwards. Uh, Did everybody stay to watch? Uh, Unknown? I, I, I doubt it, though. I mean... There, there was also a big charity ball event hosted that same weekend. It was held at the Wiltern Theater in L.A. on October 28, 2010. And, and this is interesting. The show was produced by Lou Adler and Kevin Duncan and directed by Kenny Ortega. It was held as a benefit for Lou Adler's charity, The Painted Turtle, which is a summer camp for children who are faced with life-threatening and chronic illness. However, capacity for that venue is only around 2,000 people, so I think Brandon's record is safe. I mean, that sounds so cool, but I don't think we can count it. But still, it is a very cool statistic. 8,239 people doing the time warp and with a huge production produced by Rocky's producer, Lou Adler. But I don't think it counts. Okay, what about this one? I had no idea this was even a thing. According to Larry Weisel, Rocky Horror was screened in its entirety as one of the overnight movies at Woodstock 94. You fucking boomer. Woodstock (laughs) 1994, not Woodstock 1969. That's the one with the boomers. Literally. Also, Rocky didn't even exist for another half a decade. The fact that you know that makes you a boomer. Literally, boomer. Okay, so what about this one then? There were over half a million people at Woodstock 94. Was there a shadow cast? No. Doesn't Doesn't count. count. 
Well, that's our show then. Congratulations, Brandon. It's the biggest one we know about. If you've got a mammoth donger of a show that you think we missed, we would love to hear about it. And that's our show. As always, we'd like to thank our editor, Aaron, from Tennessee. We appreciate all of your work. If anyone has a question they'd like us to answer on air for our Ask a Question segment or some community news they'd like us to chat about or even a cool story to share with the community, we would love to include it in our show. Just go to our website, rockytalkypodcast.com, and fill out our contact form to tell us all about it. If you're enjoying Rocky Talkie, please help us out by rating, reviewing, and subscribing to the show. It makes the podcast more accessible to new listeners, and that helps us to grow the show. And if you want even more Rocky Talkie content, check us out on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok, all at Rocky Talkie Podcast. We'll talk to you next week. Bye! 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 Also, while you're on TikTok, don't forget to check out hashtag gentleminions. It's going to be a thing, you guys. It is not going to be a thing. It's going to be a thing. It is not going to be a thing. going to be a I thing. I put the full force of the New York City cast behind this to make it a thing. I support our brothers and sisters and other kinds of siblings in audience participation movies. Yeah, mm. all, all five of us active cast members from the New York City cast were gotta do this thing we could you support a bunch of 16 year olds ruining the ruining the only day that mom has gotten to take a fucking break from her stupid little crotch spawn yo fuck mom it was her choice to have stupid little crotch spawn let the crotch spawns enjoy kids yelling at movies maybe one day they'll grow up to be audience participants too that's a terrible take (laughs) 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 all right previous winners of the Kirikirio no <laughs> previous winners of the Kirikiroa Kirikiroa We are indeed talking about the there was a there was a smudge on my screen that made gentlemenians <laughs> look like gentle minotaurs. Um so ah. I was very confused for a second. We are indeed talking screen, man. It's so dirty and so sad, but what are you gonna do? I'm busting out the Sothoris fucking cocksucker. <laughs> Listen. <laughs>